Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Luke chapter 2, reading some really wonderful, wonderfully familiar verses um, that we tend to read. Uh, we don't only have to read them around this time of the year, but we do tend to particularly read them around this time of the year. So um, we're in this Advent series. There are 21, 21 shopping days to Christmas or 21 sleeps till Christmas. Um, I don't know about you, but I know it's on the way home from church at the moment. The roads are full. It's slow. Um, the shops are busy. The traffic is heavy. The world is um, hurtling towards that time of the year where we celebrate again the fact that God sent his son Jesus. Really interesting, I don't know if you picked it up recently, that they did a census and there was a survey talking about... <clears throat> um, you know what people's particular religion was or no religion and uh, interesting less than um, 50% now say that they're they're Christian but it's true to say that this great United Kingdom of ours and uh, many places across the world will during this season celebrate the fact that God gave his son Jesus and we celebrate that particularly at this time of the year the Jewists we've started making some room around our house. Um, I, I have, um, we have a busy house. I have five children. I have four Ukrainians staying with us as well. Luba and uh, Sergei are here this morning and we also have Tanya and uh, Samina. But we've also, my kids bought me my Christmas present this week. They bought me two kittens. So we now have, my new line is we, I have five children, four Ukrainians and three cats. Like it's a full house. It's a full house. So uh, we have pebbles, um, pebbles, marmalade, and um, calamity. Calamity. Yeah, we struggle with that one. The trouble is that pebbles has been around for a while, and calamity and marmalade arrived yesterday, and we've had to keep them apart at the moment because they kind of got to get used to used to each other. But we've been creating room because actually what happens this Saturday is there are 10 Jewers that come to stay for the weekend as well. They're, well, they're not Jewers anymore. They used to be. They're my sisters. They're now Olivers and Thompsons. And so what we've been doing is we began to, we've, be, we've been clearing out. My nephews, they're staying in the caravan because that's all the space we have, yeah? And so the, the caravan at the moment is like a B&M bargains basement place. It's where I store everything if I think there might be a rush on something, you know. When I, was a, when I had kids, it used to be nappers, nappies. Um, then it was Dolmio sauce. And obviously with the, with, the, um, with, with the COVID thing, it was kind of pasta, flour and toilet rolls, yeah. So there's this store of this stuff. So we're having to move it out because what we're wanting to do is we're wanting to create some space. We want to get rid of the clutter. There's a lovely hymn. Christmas Carol, it's the, it's the most published carol in the world. And it's one that's called Joy to the World. It's written by Isaac Watts, who also rang, wrote the hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. 
And there's one particular verse in this carol, and this is what I want to be our focus this morning. There's one particular line that Isaac Watts writes, and um, it's this. He writes this. He says, Let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart prepare him room. And as we come to this time of Advent, this time of celebrating Jesus the baby, Jesus the King, I think this, mo- this moment I wanted us, um, both as people that follow Jesus and maybe those who are seeking to know more about Jesus, it's good if there are moments in our lives where as we step into a season we just think and consider and take note of where our lives are at and whether to see that if there is a time or a place where we in our own lives might just consider how much room does Jesus have in our lives. The Christmas story that we read in Luke chapter 2 that I'll read to us in a moment, it's a narrative that talks about the moment when Mary and Joseph travelled to Bethlehem and the Bible says that there was no room at the inn. And so amongst um, cattle and donkeys and sheep and whatever else was there, in that stable, in that home, that Christmas time, the Son, of God, the Son of God was born into the world. Lots of reasons why that might have been. I think probably God planned it that way. And we'll see that God did plan it that way. I think he planned it that way because I think right at the start that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, um, he who left the throne room of glory and made his place amongst men and women like you and me, I think he wanted to show that he was willing to go to the anybody, the everybody, and, be, and be, uh, be present and be amongst and be incarnational in maybe the place where people would not expect the King of Kings to be. The Bible talks about the Word became flesh in John chapter 1. And it talks about the Son who became Jesus at Bethlehem. That, that it was the Son, it was the Son that through all things were made. And it's as if that the God of creation wanted to show that he was willing to come and pitch his tent amongst his creation. He could have gone anywhere, but he chose to be amongst the common people. And we'll read in the, in the narrative in a moment that who was it? I get so moved about this, sorry. Who was it that the, the, the angels on that mountainside 2,000 years ago went to proclaim that the king was born. He went to shepherds. He went to the, to the people that were at the, the, lowest, um, the, the lowest on the social ladder. He went right there. He went there because he wanted to show that it was a gospel for everyone. Yeah, Jesus was able to preach to the rich and those who had much and those who were well learned. He did that many times in his ministry. He was able to sit amongst the tax collectors and those who had everything and share with them about the kingdom of God. But right at the start of his ministry, when he was born as a baby, he chose to do it amongst the shepherds. And this, this particular narrative of Luke chapter 2 verses 1 to 18, uh, the preachers in Advent, they got to preach on whatever they wanted to preach on. As long as it was Christmas, yeah? Christmas and gospel. And the reason why I chose these verses is I'm 51 years old and for the, literally for the last 51 years every Christmas Eve wherever I've been these verses have been read it's a family tradition you'll have the, you'll have traditions in your home 
things that you eat, things that you do, things that you watch, um, rituals that you do as a family. But for us as the Jewers family growing up, um, first of all in Stratford in East London, and then in Dagenham, or Dargenham as we called it, and then as I've had my family and my five kids, we've done the same. We read these verses from Luke chapter 2, um, because it tells the wonderful story of how Jesus, the Son of God, was born into our world. You'll notice as we look at the narrative, not to burst any bubbles, and we will touch on a little bit of this, but there's no mention of a donkey. Sorry about that. I mean, we, we can still sing the song, Little Donkey, Little Donkey on the Dusty Road. They may well have had a donkey. But there's no mention of a donkey. There's no mention of in, an innkeeper either. We'll talk about that briefly. And there's no mention of a stable. There's a mention of a manger, but there's no mention of a stable. We'll talk about that as well, just to help us to understand the context that, that Jesus came to. So let's read these verses and then... Um, I've got some things just to help us as we step into this another Christmas week. So Lord, thank you for the Bible, your word. Thank you for this, this record of how you chose to plant yourself amongst humanity. And Lord, I pray that this Christmas time that we, as your followers, that we will have a fresh revelation and appreciation of what you have done for us, Jesus. Just simply being born into our world, that we might know what it is to be redeemed, to have forgiveness of sin. Lord, the Bible says that you became like one of us. You are 100% God, but you are 100% man. And Lord, thank you that in your divinity and in your humanity, you showed us how we too can partake of becoming more like you. And so, Lord, as we read your word, and as we talk about it this morning, Lord, I pray that there will be things that you will deposit into our hearts that will just enable us and equip us to become more like you, to become more like you, Jesus, and to be carriers of your good news this Christmas time. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 2, the Bible says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went also from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified but the angel said to them do not be afraid I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of David a saviour has been born he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the angels said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. 
So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Three things I want to remind us about this morning as we reflect on this Christmas narrative. First thing is to challenge us as followers of Jesus this morning to be a people that particularly during this season that we make room in our space or make my encouragement to you is to make room in your space. We see in Luke chapter 2 the Bible says that there was no room for them in the inn. I'm sure that they didn't purposely shout out the Son of God and if they'd really realised who he was maybe they would have made room for him. For me it's always amazing how Jesus came to be born in Bethlehem. Like it wasn't an accident. The Bible prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. In the book of Micah, it mentions Bethlehem being the place where the Messiah would be born. And it's almost as if if you knew the scenario or you knew what was happening at the time, that you would think, wow, God, you have a problem. Yeah, You have a pregnant woman in Nazareth and you have a prophecy that says Jesus has to be born in Bethlehem. Like, what are you going to do about that God? And it's amazing as we look at the narrative of the Christmas story that nothing is impossible for God. And God knew that that would be the case. And Nazareth to Bethlehem, like it's probably about 70 miles-ish, maybe a bit more than that. They didn't have a car. It would have probably been on a donkey or they would have walked. But in amongst all of that, a pregnant maiden in Nazareth who's been made pregnant by the Holy Spirit a husband who's trying to understand what's going on, or really a fiancé at that time, and then the place of Bethlehem where the Saviour had to be born, God knew what he was doing. And what God did is at that moment in time, God knew that there would be a census. That meant that everyone, these days if we have a census through the door, we fill it out and we post it back. Those days what you needed to do is you needed to go back to the place of your father's birth. For Joseph, because he was of the tribe of David, he had to go to the city of David. He had to go to Bethlehem. And it was there in Bethlehem that Jesus was born. I think at times like Christmas, we, we have to be careful that amongst all of the clutter and the stuff, that we personally make that space for Jesus. The Bible says that even in John chapter 1, we know those verses, they're probably quite familiar to many of us. John chapter 1, is the, they're the verses where it says like, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, yeah? And as you read those verses there, John describes in that same chapter, he says that Jesus came to his own, but his own did not receive him. And you know, this morning we have to remind ourselves, I want to remind you that it's possible to hear about Jesus and to know about Jesus, but not to receive Jesus. It's not something that's automatic. You don't automatically receive Jesus. Jesus is available to everyone. But there has to be that, that moment, there has to be that sense that we ourselves say yes to Christ. Because the Bible goes on to say in those verses, and this is why I say you need to make room in your space. John writes this, he says, Yet to all who did receive him, 
To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Revelation 3.20, God says, or Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And so this morning, Life Church, as we think about this Christmas season, I want to ask you, yeah, what about your space? What about your life? What about your time? What about your resources? What about what are you going to spend yourself on during this Advent season? Christmas is a time of the year where some of us will find we maybe have more time than we normally have. What will you fill that time with? I would encourage us all to find that room in our space for him. That can mean something very simple. Like sometimes we need to turn off Netflix. Sometimes we need to not watch another Channel 5 Christmas movie. They're terrible though, aren't they? I mean, I do. I mean, I don't have much, <laughs> I don't have much of an opinion about what my kids watch. But when they're watching those things, I'm just like, stop wasting your life. This is terrible. This is a Channel 5 Christmas movie. But it's just turning those things off. And what it is, it's listen to what Jesus said to his disciples. And I believe that he says this to us. He certainly says it to me this Christmas time, yeah? That where there are those moments where we have a little bit of capacity, there's a little bit of space. And I trust all of us will get that. I pray that you will get that this Christmas time. Jesus said these words to, to his disciples in Mark 6.31. He said, let us go off by ourselves to a quiet place. Let us go off ourselves to a quiet place. Listen, I would encourage you that amongst all the, the, the busyness and the fun and the noise, this Christmas time, make room in your space. Take that time to spend that moment. You know, for some of us, we connect with God through listening to worship music. For some of us, we connect to God through reading the Bible. For some of us, we connect, connect with, with, through speaking with someone else about spiritual things or watching a, a video that will help us and build us up. Don't just fill the space with stuff. Fill the space with Jesus. Make room in your space. Second thing this morning, make room for the nations. When, when we read this narrative, it's amazing what the angels say when they come and they proclaim this good news to the shepherds on the hills. They say to them, don't be afraid. They say these words. They say, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. That will be for all the people. It's like for us this morning, on the, is it the 4th of December? On the 4th of December, it's almost like that is a prophetic word for our church. That the good news is for all the people. This, the good news this, this morning is for people who used to live in London and now they live in Warrington. They're called Cockneys living in the north. Yeah? The good news is for people like me. The good news is for people like you who have come from Iran because you're seeking a better life. You want to be away from the nonsense that's happened in that country and the way you've been persecuted. So what you've done is... is this morning, like, the good news is for you. The good news is for those of you who have come from Hong Kong or those of you who are here from the Ukraine, yeah? Or wherever it is that you come from this morning, yeah? We together as Life Church this morning, we represent 
all the people. Like, there's a diversity here. And the amazing thing about the gospel and the good news that was proclaimed on that hillside in Bethlehem to a bunch of shepherds is what God was saying. He was saying this good news is for all the people. And for us this morning, as we represent many nations, like we remind one another that this good news is for everyone. There's not a gospel for the Ukrainians. There's not a gospel for the British. There's not a gospel for the Iranians or the Hong Kongers or the Romanians. It's the same gospel for everyone. And what that does this morning, it gives us a sense of unity and oneness as we head towards this Christmas season. Because this season of good news, we celebrate it together because we have a common saviour. There's a common Calvary. There's a common forgiveness of sins. There's a common path of discipleship for all, all to follow. Whether, whether, whatever ethnic background we come from, whatever our economic status might be, however learned or not learned we are, it's one gospel and it's one Jesus. This morning, the gospel is an inclusive gospel. It's exclusive in its theology, but it's inclusive in its demography. Yeah, demographic. Thank you, brother. Yeah. All the people. All the people. And so this morning, Life Church, as we step into this Christmas season, this isn't good news for some people, it's good news for all the people. And we remind ourselves this morning that we, we are an international mission field. Yeah? Whatever colour we are, whatever ethnic background we have, like we are to be carriers of the gospel and not to just the people that look like us. We're here, we're here to be a blessing to people who don't look like us or don't sound like us, who are different to us. Because when we look at the Jesus of the Bible, he was willing to touch the whosoever. Like he crossed racial boundaries. He spoke to people that he should not have spoken to. Like he touched people, literally lepers, who he should not have touched. He did that. Because Jesus himself, he recognised who the gospel was for. And it was for all the people. So Life Church, this Christmas, we make, make room in our own spaces. We recognise that we need to make room for the nations. And listen, I congratulate you at being the church that you are this morning. Because we are a church. We seek to welcome everyone. And may God continue to give us the grace and the resource and the hearts to continue to do that, not just at our location here in Orford, but at all our locations across Warrington. We want to represent God well in doing that. And then finally this morning, I want to encourage and challenge us to make room in our homes this Christmas. Make room in our homes. The Bible says, So the shepherds hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. It's interesting as we look at these verses that um, as I've done some reading about the context of um, the, the, the birth of Christ and where he was born, I read a, I've read a part of a book, it's called Through Middle Eastern Eyes, Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes. And what it does, it helps just to create a little bit of context. Just stick with me on this just for a moment, yeah? So Jesus, the Bible doesn't say that Jesus was born in a stable. It says that Jesus was born 
in a man- was laid in a manger. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 7, because there was no room at the inn, is the way that those verses have been translated, although it doesn't mean a commercial inn. It was more talking about, actually, the NIV that I read this morning. There was no room in the guest room, you'll notice, that my version said this morning. So what the Bible seems to be describing in Luke chapter 2 is that there was no place in something called a catalema to stay. It was a guest room. It was attached to a house. A picture like this here. Next one, thanks. It was a picture like this. So this is a typical Palestinian first century um, uh, humble home. And so what would happen in a humble home is that there would be the family living area, there would be the stable which was kind of outside, and there would be the guest room that was attached there. Now. The, the, the thing about the family living area was that animals were very, very important to the, to the family. It was their wealth, it was their security, is what they put their money into. And so the, 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 the animals really were part of the household that the, the people lived in. It wasn't something that was a mile away on a hillside. You wouldn't leave your assets a mile away on a hillside in a stable. They would be close to you. They would be right at the heart of where the family were. And so the Bible says that the guest room was full. And so it seems that they weren't accepted into the guest room. Probably the guest room was already occupied. There was no place for them there. But it seems that as we read the narrative of Luke chapter 2, that the host family graciously accepted Mary and Joseph into the family room of their house. Like she was a pregnant woman. She was having a baby. Like even the most uncompassionate person isn't going to put them up the road in a cold place. They're going to bring them into the place where the family would be, where the animals would be, where the manger would be. And so I think the narrative, and as I look at this picture, you can go back to the previous picture now. As I look at that picture, I think what we see is the hosts were being incredibly gracious and kind. All of us here, I'm sure, if a pregnant woman arrived at our door, yeah, we wouldn't put them in the shed. We would do all that we could to facilitate. It's just human nature. It's not about being a nice person. It's just the right thing to do, yeah? The men would have been banished from the living area and what would have happened is in that moment preparations would have been made and there the Son of God would have been born in that place, in that home, in that living area. And the the challenge that comes to me this Christmas time is that just as someone hosted Jesus and made room for him to be born in a home, in a place, in a nice environment. He was laid in a manger, that's in the Bible, there's no dispute about that. But what the context of the manger is remains open to interpretation. But I think as I've read and studied a little, I begin to understand that actually Jesus was hosted in a home when he was born. That his mother was cared for by a family when she was born. That there was a manger there, that there were animals there. But it wasn't in a cold and distant place. It was right at the centre of a family, right at the centre of a community. The amazing thing is, as we read the story and we move on, we see 
that, that, that home that graciously hosted the Son of God. I don't think they probably knew he was a Son of God. They just knew that she was a pregnant woman a long way from home in Nazareth and needed somewhere to have this baby. But I think the amazing thing is that even though the host didn't know that, the host must have thought it was absolutely um, mind-blowing, the different people that came to visit this baby. And I think it reflects so well on the host's that when the stinking shepherds came, who were people that maybe wouldn't have expected a welcome at this house because of who they were, we see that this host family, as they hosted Jesus, the Son of God, as the shepherds arrived and knocked at the door, it seems that they were welcomed in. And so you had this home that was hosting a pregnant mother and her baby. And into that, Others were welcomed and they were made room for because of what was going on. And this is a picture of our table last week. We, uh, Brian and Anne are the older couple there. Um, uh, they're, they're, they're in America now. They've, uh, sorry, I've gone to Australia. So we had a Thanksgiving meal. And it's lovely when you can gather family around a table and share food together. I know that some of you, your families are a long way from you at this time. Some of you have family in Iran, you have family in Ukraine or in Hong Kong as well. But those moments of gathering around the table, making room like that, they're precious and they're, they're, they're marvellous. But the challenge that I have felt come to my heart this Christmas time is that just as that family 2,000 years ago hosted Mary and Joseph and Jesus. And then into that hosting of Jesus, the Son of God, they were willing to welcome others in, like the shepherds, it seemed, were welcome to come and to see what was going on. As we host Jesus this Christmas, the Bible says that God's Spirit lives in us, like Christ lives in us because of that new birth that's happened in us. My challenge to us is like, who will we make room for this Christmas. For many of us, it will be hosting someone physically around our table. I think it's so much more than that, though. I think it's more about a position of our heart. As we recognise all that Christ has done for us, how do we reciprocate that and show that to the world that we live in today? The verse of the carol that I started my um, preaching with this morning, it said this, it says, Joy to the world, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. So Life Church, this morning as we step into the rest of our Sunday, as we look forward to a football match on the television this evening, some of us anyway, make room in your space. Yeah, let's, let's just lay aside some nonsense and clutter. Let's come aside with Jesus just so that we can draw close to him and be refreshed so that we step into next year in a better place. Let's remember that the nations, he came for all the people. And this Christmas, in your home, in your heart, make room for others so that as you host Jesus, that others can experience 
some of the glory of what it is to be a follower of Jesus. I'm just going to finish my uh, preaching this morning. We're going to watch a song. It will come up on the screen in a sec when uh, Curtis um, pushes go. But just as we watch this song now, just allow something of what has been preached and shared this morning. Let it resonate with you. And if there's something that you need the Lord to do for you this Christmas time, then take this time now just to lay that before him and to prayerfully make that request to him. Thank you. A family hiding from the storm Found no place at the keeper's door It was for this a child was born to save a world so cold and hollow A sleeping town they did not know That lying in a manger low A savior king who had no home Has come to heal our sorrows Is there room in your heart? Is there room in your heart? Is there room in your heart for God to write His story? Shepherds counting sheep at night Do not fear the glory light You are precious in His sight God has come to raise the lowly Is there room in your heart? Is there room in your heart? Is there room in your heart for God to write His story? You can come as you are it may set you apart When you make room in your heart And trade your dreams for His glory Make room in your heart Make room in your heart promise tight every wrong will be made right the road is straight the burdens light for in his hands he holds tomorrow is there room in your heart is there room in your heart is there room can come as you are, but it may set you apart. When you make room in your heart and 
frustrate your dreams for his glory Make a room in your heart 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 that thought that he's not come to be in our back room the spare room but he's come to be in the living room of our lives the living rooms that is the most center part of our homes where our fire is where our television is and where we feel at home and we snuggle up and we put our blanket on us and we we just that's where Jesus wants to be in our lives thank you Lucas that was that was brilliant this morning We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com.